your goal is supposed to be to get as much money as possible for the home that you're selling on behalf of the client, uh, seller clients. And now your goal should be to try and buy that home as cheap as possible for your buyer clients. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 133 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trot. Today, we are talking about double-ended deals. Double-ending. And why? Double-ending. 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 It is not a sexual term. It is not a sexual term. And why you should not purchase a home from the listing agent. That's the conversation for today. We're going to keep it all real estate, so no personal chat. I don't care how you're doing. I talk to you every week, almost every day. We're going to get right into it because we're tight on time today. Episode 133. If you don't already subscribe to the YouTube channel, please do so. Uh, You'll get notification of all of these uh, videos and podcasts. And you can stream anywhere you listen to your podcasts and make sure you like and comment. And if you have a topic that you want us to discuss in a future episode, we'd love to hear from you as well. Let's get right into it, Mr. Trot. You know, it's interesting on the topic because we, I mean, I don't often, here, we'll, I'll slow down, let's rewind a bit. Back when we were doing public open houses, I would often be asked by people who would come through, if they worked with us uh, in purchasing, would they get a, could they get a deal, right? Still get and those questions as, just over the phone now. Yeah, I, I find I'm not getting as many, but that was the one time when I noticed it was very consistent during open houses. Yeah. So there's this preconceived notion out there from a buyer's perspective, and I know people that do this, Um, where they feel like if they work with the seller's real estate agent, they will save on, save on the commission. So there's lots of people that that, that do this. They have the notion that it will result in them spending less money. So I think it's a good thing to discuss. So for those of you wondering, double ended deals, that is a, It's jargon, it's slang in the real estate industry for when one realtor, one representative, one broker represents both the seller and the buyer. And usually it'll happen when a realtor will list the property, gets an inquiry from a potential buyer, the buyer reaches out and says, hey, I'd like to work with you and maybe we'll save some money as Adrian's talking about right now. I hate the term double-ended, double-ending. It's used synonymously in the industry uh, for this type of transaction. Um, It it is essentially multiple representation with one individual. Multiple representation can happen when there is somebody else from the same brokerage representing a uh, client or during that offer process. Um, so it's not necessarily the same realtor. We're talking about the same realtor representing both parties. Uh, it's not allowed on our team. And we're going to talk a little bit about why and 
So on that know, note, actually, there's there's sort of two sides to it, right? So you got one side of the buyers who will go to their way to say, hey, can you represent me and save me on some of the commission? Then you got the sellers, who I don't find this as often, but it does happen where, uh, you know, the value proposition from a brokerage may be, hey, if we represent the buyers, we won't charge you that extra commission, right? So there's two sides to the coin to discuss. Well, let's face it. There's, there, there are a lot of fees that are involved with the transaction, whether you're the buyer or the seller as a realtor and as a brokerage, there are a lot of fees involved and a lot of people don't recognize necessarily what those costs and fees are. Um, and every realtor, every team, every brokerage will be different. Like, you know, we do have overhead of staff, full-time employees, um, office and rent and things of that nature and all of the perks and, and bonuses that we, we provide to our clients. So there are costs there that we have to recoup in any situation. You have to recover your expenses as a business, but there's a lot of opportunities, I guess, if you look at it that way, from a buyer standpoint, if you find the right agent and that agent isn't uh, providing any extras um, and they, they, they might agree to some sort of special uh, commission arrangement. But as a seller, I mean, there's everything wrong with this idea. In my, in my standpoint, there's everything wrong with this idea. How do you as a buyer think? How do you think the person that the listing agent hired to sell their home for as much money as possible is all of a sudden going to help you, random buyer off the street that I just met, save money out of the listing, out of the seller's pocket. That is a fundamental misconception and it's wrong and it's stupid. And the sellers will most certainly in this scenario, look at their representative and say, well, we're giving a, little bit of a discount on the commission to the buyer what's my benefit out of that so if you if you mr realtor are reducing the commission to represent that buyer i want to cut of that too like i want to save some some money in this process i missed a lot of your rant because my airpods were acting up so i had to switch over to my internal speakers here but Why based on, I just had to, as I was saying earlier today, uh, I have to wait on my replacements. So I am using, yeah, ones uh, today. Um, I based on the last part that I did catch, I believe I know where you were, where you went with that. So I'm pretty sure I'm good. Um, the big thing too is the sellers are under contract as agents with a fiduciary relationship with the sellers where they're legally obligated to do everything in their best interest. As soon as a, another person comes into the picture as a buyer, you have to know that, that that agent cannot 
possibly have the same um, responsibility and uh, to and relationship with both parties in the same transaction. So if you're going to the selling aid, the seller's agent for that representation to save money, they're not treating you the same way and their best interests are lying with the seller. So first of all, in the province of Ontario, it is still legal um, to, to do this type of transaction where one realtor, one broker represents both parties. Yes. But let's just say there's no commission, special arrangement with commission here. And it's the only offer on the property. Okay, because once you get into multiple offers and bidding wars, it changes the dynamics of everything completely. Now, as one licensed individual in your example of, or your comment of having that fiduciary obligation to whoever you're contracted under, how do you sit in a chair or have a Zoom meeting or have a phone call with your seller and say, we have an offer coming in from this buyer. I am also representing this buyer. And then you right. turn around to the buyer and the buyer asks you, well, how much do you think we should offer on this property? Right. How do you answer that? Your goal is supposed to be to get as much money as possible for the home that you're selling on behalf of the client, uh, seller clients. And now your goal should be to try and buy that home as cheap as possible for your buyer clients. Right. Well, and even leading up to this point, this person has had no representation. So do they really know what they're buying? Do they know anything about the process? Do they know anything about the house? Do they know anything about right. the neighborhood? Do they know anything right. about what's and, going on? And in the generally area? what happens in this situation is that it happens as a, essentially a cold call from the buyer. The buyer will reach out to the listing agent and say, Hey, I'd like to see this property or can you give me more information? And that quickly can turn into an offer, right? Like, Oftentimes we've had that scenario where somebody will go and see the property shortly after they, they call back or at the end of the showing and say, yeah, we want to go forward with an offer. If you are that agent that's now stuck between these two clients and you just met those buyers within the last 24, 48, 72 hours, have you really done a proper needs wants analysis with them to know that this is in fact the right home, that they're not going to change their mind and not show up with a deposit. Do you know the mortgage agent? Do you know the pre-approval process that they've been through? Have they submitted their uh, notice of assessments? Have they submitted their pay stubs? Um, have they gone through that? You might, and very likely in this market, you would be putting an offer in with no conditions. So, do you know anything about this person? Or are you just saying, all right, let's, let's put an offer together and see what the seller says. Right. Right. Yeah. And then how, how do you possibly, how do you possibly coach the buyer on what that offer should be, whether it's the price, the deposit, the closing date, the conditions, the terms, how do you, you, 
I don't think you can. I don't think you can do it legitimately. We have we did it years and years ago. I mean, when it was just you and I, and even then we um, separated in terms of who was presenting the offer on behalf of the buyer and who was presenting on behalf of the seller and, and whatnot. But well, one, of the, one of the highest frequency of complaints through RICO, Real Estate Council of Ontario, surrounds situations of multiple representation because shady it stuff surprise happens. me yeah, it doesn't surprise me no and as, as a realtor um representing a seller you know we're big advocates of this and this is actually a, a topic i wanted to write on soon but you know why would you why would you so quickly take an offer from somebody without doing your due diligence right like, very much in line with what you're saying like you don't know who they are. You don't know if they're qualified. You don't know anything about them at all. And you're bringing them into this property. Right. Most people, I imagine, are not taking the time to sit down with them in advance and have a coffee, have that discussion, get to know who they are, figure out what their needs and wants are. And, you know, do you actually want to be working with somebody like that? Like, for me, I if somebody doesn't give me the time of day to do that due diligence and have that initial meeting, I'm not going to do any, I'm not going beyond the initial phone call. Now from the buyer's perspective, I want to paint this picture for you. Let's say the seller's agent has marketed the property beautifully and the home is a desirable home and it's priced well and yada, 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 yada. Now, I'll put an asterisk here and say, let's just say perhaps the street has a bunch of very, very loud neighbors. Let's say that both neighbors are very loud, very messy. Uh, oftentimes, they'll be caught outside late at night you know, partying, right? Let's just paint that picture. So the homes on either side of this property for sale have late night partiers. And the listing agent knows this. Now the buyer who approached the listing agent to say, hey, can we can we work together and maybe cut a deal kind of thing? Says, um, oh, this is the perfect perfect family home for us. Uh, we'd like to put an offer. It'll be great for our newborn and our toddler to have such great space in the backyard. Well, me as a buyer representative, if this was my client that I did a proper needs wants analysis, took the time to get to know them, the family, what they really would like to have in a home, would say to them, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you might want to be careful about the noise here. I see a lot of beer bottles out in the backyards or out in the front yards. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come in and out. Uh, I sold a home down the street, and this street is known for Party Central. Uh, you, you understand where I'm going with this? Yes. Well, the seller's not going to say anything. They're not obligated to. They're not under contract with that person. Correct. So. You know, I I caution buyers out there, potential buyers, 
Sure, reach out to the listing agent if you want some information. That happens regularly. But get your own representation. Get somebody that is going to work for you. And if you think you're saving money, you are totally wrong, totally wrong. And, and let me just say this. When a seller signs a listing agreement, when they sign a listing contract with a realtor, they, in that contract, commit themselves to remuneration to the brokerage for getting the job done. And in that commission agreement is a portion of that commission that goes to the buyer's um, brokerage. So they are already committed to paying this money out. In the seller's mind, that money is already gone. It's a fixed percentage. Well, it can be a variable, I suppose, but it's it's a percentage of the sale of the um, the final selling price. And they're okay with paying that. So why not get somebody that is going to look after your best interest to ensure you're buying the right home at the right price with the best terms, with the best conditions, and a contract that is suitable and it protects you as well, not just seller. So if you're a buyer that's ever thought about, oh, I'll, I'll reach out to the listing agent and see if we can put an offer through with them because then, you know, they think, they think the, the, the seller is not going to now pay the cooperating brokerage percentage. It's well, not if, true. If someone's, in, if the someone's contract, not being... in the contract, it says... X well, percentage okay. paid yes. to the listing brokerage. And yes. of that, of that, a percentage will be offered to pay to the cooperating brokerage if there is one. If yes, there is not one, that's that can change. Realistically, that can change. They can make oh, anything other, can change. They can make other arrangements after the fact. But sure. if they did make other arrangements and they did reduce the commission to represent the buyer, how you know, there's two things. They're either not sufficiently motivated to represent them very well. So why are they going to go through the extra work of representing this person for no money? Or they are extremely motivated to collect that extra commission that they just want to put a deal together. They don't care about the buyer, right? There's, it's, it's a very gray area. Like I've seen a lot of shady deals where when the selling agent represents both parties, houses sell, you know, very quickly before the market has a fair opportunity to go and see it. Like I've tried to get into properties and then I find it, Oh, it's sold. And, um, and then shortly later I see that the listing agent represented both parties, you know, so what opportunities is the seller missing? So the seller who has this, maybe was sold on the idea initially that they would save on the commission if their agent represented both parties, you know, maybe the, the commission is reduced slightly um but in the process did they miss opportunities and i've seen many cases many many cases where there there was a missed opportunity for sure very shady stuff happens what's that i said what is that on your wrist just saw this yeah my watch oh bracelets and my watch oh i see thanks (laughs) I didn't say it's nice. I said, I see. Oh, 
I, think I, didn't, nice. I didn't see enough of it to tell you whether or not it's nice. Oh, so um, I, I mean, I think that covers the our our thoughts on it. I mean, we can certainly elaborate and dig in a little bit more. And and if you know, if you're listening to this and you want some more information on on this or how it works as a seller or as a buyer, we're happy to certainly chat and and dive in a bit. But you know, even even from the perspective of l- lawyers, like lawyers don't like when a realtor represents both parties, right? No. Because if you think about certain... Well, lawyers are a great example, right? In that profession, lawyers won't represent both parties. They can't represent both parties. Correct. Why would you want one person representing both parties of a transaction where one could fair to do better than the other where where is certainly where there are legal implications right and what a lot of people don't recognize is a savvy realtor that has experience that understands contracts that knows how to draft a proper contract without error um a word or two in a clause or a certain clause that doesn't get inserted or a certain clause that gets omitted or never entered into the contract can change the whole dynamic of what that contract means. Whether it's providing warranties or it has something to do with a conditional period or who is responsible for what leading up to closing. I mean, there are so many variables, uh, and that's a good point. Like lawyers absolutely will not represent both the seller and the buyer in a real estate transaction, and they are the final stop in the whole thing, but it's the contract. You see, here's, here's where that silly kind of dynamic happens in Canadian real estate. There's two parties that basically set up the legalities of the contract in order to close on the property. And the first one, the person that drafts that offer, the person that puts all of the terms, the conditions and everything into that contract is somebody that has no legal experience whatsoever. And that is your realtor. Right. So, you know, having a realtor that knows what the hell they're doing and then having somebody that's representing you only in my opinion is is probably the most important step in the transaction and with average home prices in the GTA over a million dollars now it's a million dollar investment yeah like you well, thinking about saving 5 grand on spending a million bucks I've had um, a number of years ago, I had a call from a local, a reputable local agent. um, And they were asking me about this exact situation, saying that they had experienced a number of people coming into properties over the years, more common at the time of the phone call. And these people were saying, hey, can you represent me for and give me a break on the commission? And they would refuse because they were in the same mindset as us. And then 
shortly after that conversation, they would subsequently get an offer from another agent representing that buyer. So they, they were struggling. <laughs> they, they went shopping for so, anybody that will. Yeah. Right. So they were, they were struggling saying, you know, are we passing up opportunities? So, you know, for us to make that call, it's a, there's a big cost in it uh, potentially by saying, no, we're not doing it. So I don't think people understand like there's, if it was as easy as saying, yeah, I'll save you a few bucks. Well, sure. There's an oppor- there's an opportunity cost. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, but the yeah, fact is an the matter is, and there are, there are realtors that advertise this. There are brokerages, smaller brokerages or the kind of do it yourself brokerages that advertise this. Buy one of our listings and you'll get $5,000 cash back. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've seen those ads. Everybody's seen those yeah. ads. So Anyway, that's episode 133 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Uh, Today, we spoke about the double-ended deal and... um, Multiple representation, double-ended deal. Well, yeah. It's called many things. All the same. You keep saying multiple representation, but we're talking about multiple representation when the same agent represents, the same filter represents both both parties. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.